Hey guys, welcome back to Working in the Wings. This is Haley. Oh, this is Mallory. I was like looking at you and you weren't looking at me. I, I know. Like, Please say your name. I know. <laughs> anyway. Say your name. Say your name. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we can edit this out. Yep. Um, you said welcome to Working in the Wings. Yes, I yes. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Um, this week we had so much fun. We, we did. We maybe fangirled a little bit in our hearts. Oh, in our hearts a bit. A little bit. It was more, it's just, it's so cool to like meet people who do what you want to do. You yes. Know? Even though Teal is like our age. Yeah, and it's also like we do kind of do. I mean, we do. Yeah. I like, as I say, as I've, you know, been at Ain't Too Proud, the musical all week yeah like I am I am doing the thing but it's still just it's cool to hear about somebody's experiences you know five steps ahead of where you are exactly that is very much it was it was a fangirling as like a mentor moment there we go yes you know it wasn't. mentor fan yes but we talked to Teal uh-huh. who is also known as Backstage Blonde correct um who is on very popular on Instagram and she is a dresser for Broadway's sweet little show wicked a little thing so it's a little small you know little... you know we really are just hitting these like really obscure shows i know that nobody's people aren't gonna of. understand what we're talking I about now because it's been around that? a few years yeah only 16 only 16 oh it's so crazy i like was thinking about it today i was like how old was i 16 years ago because i did see the first national tour mm, 16 okay. years ago would have been oh math 2000 and let's see 2009 was 10 years ago Eight seven six five four, three two thousand three. Sure, there is no way. Listen, don't have me do math. Don't do it. There's no way it was two thousand three. Uh-huh. Do we need to get our phone? I think we do. Okay, hold please. Okay, let's see. Wicked musical. Wow, no, it's two thousand three. It came out in two thousand three on Broadway, and the first national tour was in two thousand five. So then I would have been in fifth slash sixth grade, which actually does check out because I remember wearing my Wicked t-shirt to like first day of sixth or seventh grade. God. (laughs) For everybody who like thinks that they were cool for discovering theater in middle and high school, this little babe was like singing to Sound of Music in the bathtub when mom still had to take care of the bath. Nerd. Oh. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, you're such a supportive and loving roommate. <laughs> um, so that's crazy. I It's weird to think that like especially Wicked is the backbone for a lot of theater that we love mm-hmm. and a lot of stories of like who discovered like how they discovered theater or right. what had them fall in love with it. Well, and like, I didn't Wicked even realize that I I've, of... I've grown up Kind of like all of my adolescence involved Wicked in my life because you bet your butt I burned that CD. Like I just like listened to it nonstop. I can still sing every lyric, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're cool and sometimes you're not. So you saw it when you were. I would have been in fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. I, I don't remember the. F- I actually I do because I had the habit of like researching the heck out of every show that I wanted to see that I wished I could see and I remember mom buying the tickets and like not saying really much about it and being like I don't want you to ruin this for yourself like Mm -hmm. just go in without knowing it and I don't think I even listened to the music which was like very out of character for me so I remember just being amazed by the spectacle of it 
like the f- true magic and surprise. Yeah. That's all I remember. It's just the amazement of Wicked. What about you? Because that would have, how old would you have been in 2005? 2006 2003. Right. When it came would out. Would be Broadway, but you would have seen it in a national I, tour. Yeah, I would have been, when it came out, I would have been uh, a preteen. But, uh. Oh, so I can date myself, but you won't date yourself? Okay. I was like, I would have been four, 13 or 14. Okay. So like 7th, 8th grade, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, 7th, 8th grade. Maybe ninth. Uh, but I didn't see a tour until um, until I was in my early 20s. Oh, I really, okay. Because like I listened, I, you know, I grew up in the mountains, my dude. Right. You know, but um, I remember a student being like, this is a great, if you like theater, here's some music. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is so great. And so I knew the soundtrack really well. And then when I went and saw, <laughs> I went and saw, I had the same thing. And then... <laughs> because I, oh, no. I didn't know the script very well so i really didn't know the story so i just wept oh. so i you know so yeah i had a great time at- <laughs> it's just like i remember dancing around and singing what is this feeling with my best friend from high school savannah oh, you know like always doing the duet i'm pretty sure she was always alphaba and i was always glinda because she had the pipes and yeah. i just was her backup singer but yeah we are totally getting off topic so i digress our topic with Teal goes way past Wicked. Oh, like, absolutely. We we really wanted to learn how somebody who has established themselves on Broadway as a technician, which is a very physically and emotionally demanding role, how they take care of themselves, how she, you know, puts herself first and has a social life and keeps her job fresh and, you know, really continues to do a day-to-day once the job's shiny exterior has kind of yeah settled not even faded it's just settled and someone who's very down to earth oh yeah and yeah it was really it was really great to get to know her mm-hmm. especially seeing just her presence and like yeah. all the good she does online to get right. to know her and kind of learn stuff from her as well because mm-hmm. we're you know we're swings and working off broadway yeah. tracks and now we're trying to move up to the way of broad mm-hmm. and yeah and to just it's like you said, it was like a mentorship kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and it, it I loved how open she was to giving advice. So this is definitely um, an advice episode for anybody in any department. Which it's we love. not just for no, dressers, not it's for, for dressers. carpenters and actors and designers, young professionals who are starting out. So if you are in college or high school, this is the episode for you. Absolutely. Um, we are so excited to have you all here. Our followership is small, but it's it's sweet. It's growing. Yeah. It's sweet and it's growing. And and so we hope that you learn some new things. And um, Teal addresses littles out there. And she just, she has really such a good precious. big sister vibe. And so I hope everybody takes that as like, she's just talking to her little sister. Um, or brother. Or brother. That's why she calls them littles. Mm-hmm. That's why. Um, but even if you're not littler than her, you can still learn some new things. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I just realized, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. So she is going to be really good at our job. No, we're just, she's going to be like Cher or Prince. She needs no last name. (laughs) There we go. I hope you enjoy our interview with Teal. We did. Haley and Mallory. Working in the wings. Teal, we're so excited you're here today. Do you prefer teal tea? 
Teal. 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 Yeah. <laughs> teal like the color. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to talk to you about this. Um, let's just start off with kind of the beginning. Like what got you into theater and like what led you to where you are now? My parents, my grandparents. Uh, I grew up in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And so right over the bay in Tampa it was the gigantic performing arts center, the Straws Center. And my grandparents had season tickets. So we'd go and see every musical. And that's where I first saw Wicked. I saw it twice when I was in high school. We had the CD in my mom's minivan. And yeah, that really just started my love for the arts. My family really cultivated that. I love it. And where did you go to school? Did you study costuming? Yeah, so I started at the University of Alabama, and I wanted to be a fashion designer and fashion stylist just because when I was 13 and going through puberty, I hit 5'8 at a very young age and suddenly had womanly curves and felt very awkward in my own skin. So I became obsessed with clothes and reading Teen Vogue and just figuring out how to make myself feel beautiful and more confident. And I thought why not make this a career? Like, I would love to make other people feel really good in their own skin. So that was my major my freshman year. And then I transferred schools to Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. And the closest thing to fashion they had was costume design. And I absolutely fell in love with theater and just the collaborative effort of an entire team of people, all the different departments coming together to create something so magical so that's it. Yeah. It. My little 11-year-old niece is going through that same thing. She's wearing a size 9 in women's shoes right now. Bleak. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I feel that. She's beautiful. And, but yeah. yeah, I was like, that's that she's also getting into like fashion and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to <laughs> Adorable. That's awesome. And then, so you did college, you found your spark of theater, and then did you move straight to New York after you graduated? I didn't, yeah. So my sophomore year of college, 2009, my family... Uh, instead of Christmas presents that year, we came to New York and stayed for a week and did Broadway. Yeah, we'd wake up every morning, get rush tickets. We saw like eight or nine shows between us all that week. And sitting in Next to Normal, I won the lottery. I was in the front row watching the original cast do it December 2009. I was like, that's it. This is what I'm doing with the rest of my life. I'm going to work on Broadway. So from the age of 19 on, I really had just a one-track mind on getting to New York. And uh, so after I graduated from college, I worked for a summer at Stage Door Manor as a costume designer, which was an amazing experience. And just being part of that Stage Door family has been awesome coming into the city because there's so many different connections here. And after Stage Door, I worked as a wardrobe supervisor on a cruise ship for two years. I did five different contracts on different ships traveled all over the world so it was like me and a cast of like 12 singers and dancers Mm -hmm. which really really prepared me for Broadway because sometimes I'd be in the middle of the ocean and something would break and I would just have to fix it there was no Walmart there was no one I could call there was no cobbler I was everything yeah oh my gosh yes it was extremely challenging but I got to see the world and become a better wardrobe person and then yeah I moved to New York about five years ago and just hit the ground running that's amazing. I just oh, that feels so scary though to be like, cruise ships sh- scare me. Yeah, <laughs> not not the ship itself. Like I totally str- trust the technology and everything, but the idea of being a costumer on a cruise ship because it's you don't even really get Wi-Fi unless you pay for it, and yeah, it's it blows my mind anytime I meet. It's like to me, it's like meeting a war veteran in our own field. I'm like. You went through that, and I recognize how hard that is. Definitely, yeah. It was pretty wild, but it gave me the experience uh, 
to land jobs here because wardrobe supervisors in the city would see that on my resume and be like, oh, she can handle herself. Absolutely. You know, like I've taught Filipino men who speak no English how to do quick changes backstage because it's all <laughs> we had. We yeah, they like worked in the kitchen, but it would also like be stagehands. And then like I'd have to make them help me with quick changes. Oh, it was just wild. And another great thing about the cruise ships that for all you littles out there listening, New York is an expensive place. So by working on ships for two years, I didn't pay for food or rent. And I saved a ton of money that got me to the city because I feel like, because, uh, you know, everyone's so obsessed with Instagram these days, which isn't a bad thing, but it does put like a glossy sheen over living here. And it's really hard. It's really challenging, but most of all, it's really expensive. So my biggest piece of advice, I think, for the the young kids who follow me is save your money. Like, if you want to come here, you need to save your money. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, anytime I talk to anybody that's like, I want to move up here, but I'm scared or I want to move somewhere, I'm like, just save. Yeah. You just need to start a savings account and just start saving. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before, about, like, if you want a tour – do it straight out of college. Like, do it while you're young and really create that nest egg for yourself. I mean, tour at any time, whatever feels good. But if you tour before, you can create that nest egg. I mean, I had so much anxiety when we officially moved here because I had, like, a babysitting gig, and that was it. And I I was so anxious about my finances, and when I, like, finally told my parents, like, how much I had and had to, like, borrow a little for the deposit, my parents were like, you didn't tell us you had that little money. And I was like, I know, because I really just wanted to move. But I wish, I mean, I don't because things worked out well, but I wish I would have had a better nest egg so that when you move here and you find out how expensive groceries and toilet paper yeah. are, you feel more Why comfortable. Why toilet paper so expensive here? <laughs> it's really dumb. Yeah, the days of moving to New York with $10 and one suitcase you are can't. over. No. Yeah, you no. can't. It's, yeah. Not, it's more like maybe with five grand in it's most of It's not the 1930s life. anymore. We can't thoroughly modern million. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. That's great. So you moved here about five and a half years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then where did you hit the ground running at? Well, through a college connection, I had already booked a job wardrobe supervising a small show at the Queens Theater, like way out in Flushing. I was so nervous (laughs) my first day, and I ended up doing like two or three shows there, which was really cool, and foreshadowing uh, one of the actresses I dressed in the very first play uh, was Michelle Federer, who was the original Nessa Rose. Yeah, so that was really cool. And through like some creative, interesting ways, because I didn't know anybody in New York City, I got my resume into the hands of the wardrobe supervisor at Wicked. So while I was like dressing Michelle Federer, I got an email that was like, we want to meet you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was November. So I'd only lived here like a little over a month. And I went in, or I was emailing back and forth with Wicked. I never even went in for an interview. And they were like, well, we want you. Your resume is impressive, but you need to join the union. I was like, okay. (laughs) Just, I knew nothing. Yeah. So then the next like month and a half were all the hoops of like getting into the local wardrobe union. Mm -hmm. And then I started working at Wicked January 4th, 2015. Hey, she knows her dates. Yeah, Yeah. it was amazing. uh, And a lot of people are like, how do I get to where you are? How do I become a Broadway dresser? And there's not one singular path. Mm -hmm. All of my dresser friends have a different journey, a different way that they landed that first gig. So there's really, there's really not a specific way. It's not, and it's, it's kind of, you know, a drop in the water creates a tsunami. It's all of a sudden you're, yeah. you're working when you thought you weren't, and it's your tenacity and your patience. Definitely, yeah. It's a hurry up and wait business in every aspect, and I feel like, you know, you get that one first interview, and you're like, okay, great, and then you don't hear anything, and then all of a sudden you're getting called in to work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, okay. 
Um, but being a part of the union is a huge importance. And we haven't really had a chance to talk about the union a ton um, yet. I think we want to do a full episode on like, what are unions? What is equity? Mm. What's the difference? You totally should. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about that one. Um, so you you started swinging at Wicked, is that correct? Yeah, I did. Oh, and Wicked kept me so busy. My bosses over there are amazing. So I swung exclusively at Wicked for about six months. And then I finally had time enough to go into Aladdin. So then between Wicked and Aladdin, I swung 16 tracks. So, wow. And I was babysitting during the day. And oh, then I would go home oh at night God. and like memorize the tracks, like rewrite my note cards so I would be able to go into the show the next day and absolutely kill it. I wanted to be the best swing they had. I wanted to be indispensable. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't have much of a social life for about two years. But it ended up being worth it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so swinging both places. And then I dressed the Radio City Rockettes for a season. Yeah. Yes, that was quite an experience working the Christmas show. And then after that, I went full-time at Aladdin for nine months. And then I've been full-time at Wicked, gosh, for about three years now. That's it's wild, amazing. yeah. And in and out, uh, I've worked at – I did day work at On the Town one time. I took a leave of absence from Wicked to go dress the Donna Summer musical. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I did day work at the prom. Nice. So, Can you, just for our listeners, help define day work? Yeah, so I feel like you had – a question that you were going to ask me later um or maybe maybe it was someone who um asked me a question on my Instagram this week but it was like during you know a crazy schedule like we're having right now during the holiday season how do the costumes stay maintained and it's because uh before the dressers come into work every night uh the dressers are called uh, two hours before the show begins, but before that, there's an entire team of day workers in the theater for four hours checking every single costume. There's one person checking every single character shoe, making sure everything looks perfect. And on top of the day workers, there are also full-time stitchers in the wardrobe room who come in every day to either like alter costumes for a new actor coming into the show, or they're there to do like major, you know, repairs on something that was ripped mm-hmm. the night before. So yeah, the wardrobe department is gigantic. It's way more than just the dressers right right and I think that's important to say like if you feel like dressing isn't necessarily your jam like there's still a spot for everybody who likes the stitching and the production of it 100% Um, like I love day working I do day working at Phantom quite a bit and I love just going in getting to be by myself in those beautiful costumes yeah and just you do you literally you you touch every single hook and snap and lace and hem because you want to make sure that like there are no surprises during the show like you know a dresser is in a quick change and all of a sudden oh this hook is not sewn on so it is a really important job even though it feels tedious at times and then the stitches are great that are there because like I don't know how to fix beadwork or you know these boned in crazy seams and I just hand it off to somebody who knows more than I do and I'm like please fix thank you right yeah (laughs) I love it so um like jumping off of that another piece of advice for the littles is be like just learn all the skills that you possibly can you know because I know I make like dressing on my Instagram look like this super like fun and glamorous job but it's so much deeper than that and if you can you know become good with leather and shoes and like if you know how to bead oh my gosh you'll be so valuable yeah Yeah. like any kind of headwear like headbands hats is a dying skill definitely how do you pronounce it millinery millinery yeah thank you Mm -hmm. um and it's one of those things where it's such a dying art where if you can do that or beadwork or even just it's being like a solid builder. Like yeah, and a cobbler. 
people like don't know how to fix shoes and yeah, I don't. Right. I know shoes are my specialty. Really? Yeah, but um yeah, the kids are always like, do I need to know how to sew to be a dresser? And I mean technically no, but you really really well, should. Broadway first because I'm still off Broadway and I'm like working my way up. I've been working um, doing straight plays at Signature. Oh, and cool! I'm now swinging at Rock of Ages, which is great. But the thing that I've realized is so many of the wardrobe and dressers do the notes, do everything yeah. that. Um, so like uh, my call time is like three hours before show because I have to do everything before the show starts. Wow. So it's one, of the, yeah. But it's one of the things that's just kind of like off like smaller theaters. Mm-hmm. But that's. If I didn't know how to sew, I, there's so many things in the show that would, like, not be fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's really invaluable just to learn how to stitch. You don't have to be great at yeah. it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't have to. That's the thing. I think a lot of people, I know I did it first, get scared. Like, you have to be this, like, very skilled. It's like, no, just learn the basics. Like, get your rhythm in it. Just know little stuff so you can at least fix it and maybe get it to someone who can fix it a little bit better. Right. How did you fall into shoes? It just kind of happened. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that is, because to me, I'm like, I can fire barge something when, like, I really have to with shoe breaks mid-show. But that was, you know, off-Broadway, not union stuff. Um, but that's, so talking about shoes, I've seen a lot about the shoes on your Instagram because yeah. Wicked's shoes are so unique. Do you mm-hmm. happen to know how many pairs of shoes are in Wicked? I don't. That's don't. such a good question. There are so many pairs. It's just insane. I mean, every actor in the show has at least four different pairs, if not more. Wow. Yeah, there are a lot of shoes because every single every single costume calls for a different pair. Yeah, which oh, is crazy. Costumes, yeah, yeah, the costumes are just gorgeous. But it's they're mainly at Wicked all Luduka. Mm-hmm. Um, a oh, lot are yeah. custom made at To Day, and then there are a few pairs of Capizios that have snuck their way in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there are actually two pairs of Nikes. Um, really? Yeah, they're like these weird little shoes with like, you know, uh, how they split the toe sometimes. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. nanny goat, the nanny goat that delivers Alphaba in the very beginning of the show wears Nikes. That's interesting. Incredible. I know it's so I love funny. Because yeah. how long has Wicked been running now? Over 16 years. Yeah, we turned 16 on October 30th. It opened in 2003. So I always tell, um, I always tell the kids that this was like my generation's Hamilton. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. Wicked coming out, and I saw it two or three times as it came through Denver because I was lucky enough to be there because they came all the time. Oh, man, I could not get enough of that show. I was obsessed yeah. with like, reading the booklet watching every video online that I could find, like back when YouTube was not great quality, you know? (laughs) And I just think it's so cool that it's stayed such a staple and still kids today are like discovering it 16 years later. And I love that. It's timeless. Mm -hmm. It is really timeless. Mm -hmm. I know we were talking about it the other day. We were like, will it close soon? No. No. Yeah, not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been on for 16 years. You've been in it for quite a while now. How do you find ways to keep your job fresh or still appealing? Or maybe it's not all the time. And like kind of how do you work through those slumps? And how do you handle being on a long-running show? Well, honestly, it is Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. But that is part of the job of a dresser is precision and perfection and you're performing the same thing every single day. Mm -hmm. So 
I never want to call it boring because every day I am so thankful I get to walk into a legendary show and do exactly what I love. And I think that the way it stays fresh is the actors and the crew members, the different people I get to work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they're, you know, different inside jokes every day. And you spend so much time with these people. They just, they learn so much about your life. And yeah, we have a lot of fun backstage together. I I think it's one of the most beautiful things about actually getting to stay in with the crew is like the families that you create. Definitely. Because I mean, like, I know that of one of the longer running shows, I like cried when it was over. And you oh, forget yeah. that you're like, oh, wow, this has become a staple in my life. Yeah. When I started at Wicked, I was the baby there. I was the youngest person in the building. I was 24. And so they've watched me grow up. I'm 29 now. And yeah, it's just, it's really cool. My mom always comes to visit whenever she's in town. Oh, she walks I around the building, says, says hi to all of her friends. People are always bringing in baked goods. You know, holidays oh. are always a big deal because we're stuck inside the theater. Absolutely. So everybody decorates for Christmas. It's mm-hmm. cute. That's that. cute. I yeah. love that. It's just like a good little community. Truly, yeah. I think one of the coolest things I want to say a college professor said was that when you feel bored or you feel like you've done it a million times, remember that somebody in the audience, it's their first show they've ever seen, and for somebody else, it could be the last show that they ever see, and you want to create that lasting impact, and for us, it's we, we don't get to perform in that sense, but it's keeping the integrity of the designers and making sure that things look as fresh as they did on opening night to today, yeah. you know, be it three weeks or three years later. Um, and I think to me, that's the one thing that I have to be like, okay, it's somebody's very first musical, especially being in New York City. Somebody has never seen something like this before, and I want to make sure they don't notice any anomaly, at least on my end. They notice lighting? That's not my monkeys. <laughs> you know? So what is the rundown of like a show day? Since we're kind of just talking about like that, like I guess like, like your day today. Your day today. Of just so... like coming in and doing the track and everything. Yeah, well, like a breakdown of my entire day, uh, or, or like or from the time I arrive. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so for those of you who don't know our schedule perfectly, mm-hmm. it's we do eight shows a week, six days a week. So uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I arrive at the theater at five thirty, and then on Fridays I get there at six thirty uh, to start presetting the show, and then the show either starts at seven or eight, mm-hmm. and on Saturdays and Sundays until our like schedule changes in March long running shows like to change their schedules a lot. So Saturdays and Sundays we show up at 1230 uh, for 2 PM and then we have a break in between and then an eight o'clock show that night. So two show days are definitely more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, shows that have recently opened on Broadway do a two show Wednesday, two show Saturday schedule, which is much more manageable. Yes, yeah. Much friendlier. Yeah. Friendly. So I, uh, I always try to make it to the gym every day. I think that's another way to keep, I don't know, just to, for longevity at work, you just, you have to have a life outside of work. And I noticed that pretty quickly at Wicked. Like everybody had side projects that they were working on, whether it was, you know, directing or their volunteer work or taking candy classes. Everybody had stuff outside Mm -hmm. that they made um, a priority in their life. So I've tried to do that too, like with the blog that I have and yeah, just, going running every day so right I think that's important and that was something we wanted to ask was with your theater schedule I mean you're working late but also in general how do you take care of yourself how do you make time for yourself even if it's just like I have a cup of tea every day or something what is something that helps you find balance working in the theater industry with the weird schedule that we have 
I mean, definitely working out every day. But even then, I, I have to schedule my days out, you know, because yeah. it just makes me feel better if I accomplish a certain amount uh, during the day before I go into work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing that helps keep me really balanced is my best friend, LJ. Like, we see each other, you know, at least a few times a week just for a check-in. And, yeah, you have to create, like, a family in New York City mm-hmm. or else there's just no way to survive. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So talking about side projects, I know that you have dressed New York Fashion Week. Yes. Can you talk about that? Because I think absolutely so cool. And it's not pertaining to theater at all, but it still uses union dressers. Well, it's not a union gig. So some people are union. Most aren't. I'm one of the only Broadway people um, who I've met that do it, does it. Uh, Yeah, there are a few other dressers here and there. A lot of the Radio City dressers do it. So basically, I'm hired by an independent contracting company that then the large fashion houses go to this woman and are like, okay, we need 16 dressers on this show. So she only does like the gigantic shows, like the coach, Michael Kors, where they have like 79 models out there at a time. So you need an entire crew of like extra dressers because all the in-house fashion label people are busy running around uh, making sure everything's perfect. And I always say, I'm like, man, if Fashion Week was run by a Broadway stage manager, this would be so much calmer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's a fun challenge because you're quick changing models in and out of these looks that are not costumes meant to be quick changed. Oh. So yeah, that's delicate a really, oh, so delicate, teeny weeny zippers and hooks, not made for this. But so it's, yeah, it's yeah. just really fun. And it's always fun seeing the celebrities backstage and right. yeah. And what, and so you are there specifically just to put clothes on. You're not stitching any or fixing no, anything. That's right? it. Like yeah. You that's hand it off if something happens. Yeah. They have their own in-house stitchers. So it was funny because, uh, this past fashion week I turned to another dresser I was like this strap looks wrong it looked like it was sewn on wrong like this was not a choice and she was like eh whatever it's fine and I was like this isn't right so I went over to someone in the in the Mm -hmm. house and they were like oh my god thank you for catching that so they took it over to one of their in-house stitchers so every fashion house that obviously have like an entire team of tailors and they'll take bring some of them to the fashion show for any last minute that's something I never would have thought of I know, because you just kind of, I don't know, there's something about behind the curtain where you're just like, there's, you don't realize there are a million people running around. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Well, and that's another interesting thing that's different between Broadway and a fashion show is these clothes aren't meant for like hardcore transportation and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So they all need to be like pressed and delicately lint rolled Mm -hmm. and all the things. But then a long running show like Wicked, uh, the wardrobe supervisor there is a legend. Her name is Alice Gilbert. You guys should all look her up. She has some really cool videos on YouTube. Uh, She has worked with the designer to uh, kind of morph and take the fabric through an evolution to get it to a place where it can withstand being in a long-running show. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how familiar you, you guys are with Wicked, but in, in Shiz University during Act 1, mm-hmm. they all wear these interesting kind of like squiggly pinstripe yes. uh, school uniforms. Mm-hmm. And so originally those were all like individually sewn ribbons onto the fabric, which is expensive to make yeah. and like doesn't really hold up super well. Mm-hmm. So the fabric now is made at a flag manufacturing plant in America and so it's extremely durable and it the color doesn't fade because it was made for a flag oh, that's, that's yeah so, cool. so it's they've created this custom print yeah mm-hmm. and sent it to the flag company has that happened 
happened with quite a few pieces in Wicked because, you know, fabrics deteriorate. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And do they adjust the fabrics as time happens because fabrics get discontinued? Yeah. Uh How do they keep the longevity of costumes, you know, year after year or even with different bodies stepping into the same role later on and they need a new piece built? Do you kind of have any knowledge in that realm? Yeah, so... They, we have an entire warehouse of costumes out in New Jersey. Uh, like oh, it's so cool. gigantic. I know I've never been. It's like my dream to visit one day. <laughs> so just a backstock of everything. And so they're able to pull from that. So they reuse costumes as much as they can, but they're also um, a gigantic, there's a room full of like individually labeled like gigantic bins. So for each uh, track in the show, they have like just backstock of fabric. Uh, for alterations and mending and stuff like that. But then also there's um, a new costume that just went into the show and the original design, that fabric doesn't exist anymore. So then over time, then they developed it into this other fabric that was hand dyed and hand painted by like a woman in Japan and it was extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. So that has now morphed into a pattern that is able to be screen printed Uh, on a more durable fabric. So things kind of like, they change. Mm Yeah. But subtly enough where if somebody had even seen the show long enough ago, they probably wouldn't even Oh, know absolutely it. not. No one would right. notice. Well, especially yeah. with that show. the I say clashing in the best possible way. Like, I love the just hodgepodge of fabrics and textures and patterns yeah. that go into that no, show. it feels like you're so, an artist. Yeah. yeah. It's it amazing. So cool. what, it's not all one tone. And one yeah. Tone. Does that... Um, warehouse also be where the national tour gets their costumes or mm-hmm. yeah it's like everything um for like the north american company so it's interesting so like wicked in brazil and wicked in mexico or the west end or australia like those are all like kind of their own separate entities mm-hmm. uh yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah. i know that's, that's a- it's hard to explain it's like uh-huh. it's obviously it's like wicked global mm-hmm. but uh the shoes from like the North American tour mm-hmm. could be sold to Wicked Brazil because they needed new shoes for their yeah, show. It's just like a whole umbre- umbrella thing. It's an umbrella, but it's separate. But it's separate. Yeah. it's kind of yeah. like how Disney is an umbrella, but like Disney Broadway is separate from Disney Cruise Lines, which is separate from Disney, the film studio. Right, it's right. It's really weird. I don't understand it. Maybe someday <laughs> we'll find somebody who does. Um, oh, I had a good question and I lost it. No, that happens. I know. We'll hit moments where we're like, oh, God. I know. We've already covered so much. That's the joy. Um, Oh, oh, oh. So so if you were to go back and talk to Little Teal, who is, you know, fresh-eyed, moving to New York City, what are skills that you would have told her to come with? Like, hey, make sure you know this. Or or to anybody moving now, like, I want to work in theater. What kind of skills, maybe more soft skills, not necessarily you should know how to sew, but to survive in New York and to survive in this industry, what are some skills that you would suggest? Lifestyle techniques? Learn how to budget. (laughs) That's a real one. Yeah, I think budgeting is number one. It's not theater related, but... No, you just became my mom's favorite person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that would be number my number one. And I... I have a cushy job because I do work on Broadway and there is a team of stitchers who's fixing the costumes. Mm-hmm. So it's very like if I'm ever sewing, it's because I'm doing like a small hand sewing project during the show, fixing yeah. a snap or a hook or something. But 
learn how to put a zipper into a costume, you know, like be familiar being on a machine because the chances are you aren't going to book Broadway immediately and you're going to have to have these sewing skills. And there's just no no worse feeling than like not feeling confident when you're the only one there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the stitch and call at Ain't Too Proud this past week. And I'm like, hey, I'm really impressed with how much I do know. Yeah. Pull stuff off the rack and be like, I know how to do that. And then stop and be like, how do I know how to do that? But also there have been a few things where I've had to go to the supervisor and I was like, I just want to make sure this is how you would do it. Right. Because it's not my second nature yet. It's something I'm strong at, but it is still so intimidating. And I remember going to college with so many talented stitchers where I was like, I'm just never, I'm never going to be a builder. It's not in my wheelhouse. Right. And it's so... It's well, it's crazy. amazing what happens when you do, like, go and work on a show where you have to kind of be like, you have to fix mm-hmm. this or you have to talk to someone who knows how to fix it. Yeah. Or just, like, even if you don't, you hand it off to someone and you're like, I just want to know how you fixed it. Mm-hmm. Like, this may be a problem I never have again, but I want to see what you do. And it's amazing what you can just learn from, like, your fellow wardrobe people also. Because mm-hmm. I learned how to put a zipper in from Jordan. Oh, right. Queen of the zippers. Yes. From yeah. Summer Stock. She could whip a zipper in, like, at intermission. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she did. It's a yeah. talent. It is a talent. But one of the easiest quirks is just hand-based it in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so learn how to sew. Yeah. And then to, like, the little, little guys out there, anybody, you know, in high school, uh, start practicing your costume renderings now. Yeah. If you want to go the costume designer route and are interested in going to grad school, uh, don't get discouraged if your the bodies that you're drawing don't look good because I did and I, I kind of stopped you know I like mm-hmm. I love designing and then I just you know I started working as a dresser and just stopped drawing renderings but yeah hone in those skills get become a better drawer well, well also like I've just from working with designers other designers so many designers um if it's like especially a modern show just be good with research and be able to show your clear yeah like vision because even if you don't draw well as long as your vision is there no one like that's the big thing like people get stuck on the drawing but like you could draw the most beautiful rendering ever and it could not fit that character at right all. wait that's an amazing piece of advice yeah. yeah learn your history learn your history yeah. like be like i've seen um i worked with sarah holden for curse of the starving class and one of the things i loved is she just had like big poster boards of research right and so it'd be like one character and she wanted her in this like kind of casual red dress but it just was different red dresses and then there was some inspiration shots like some like more emotional giving like oh i get what this woman is and that's where it ties into the dress and you're like okay that's her character and she's like that's this is what i want this character to look like you're like oh okay i get that that makes absolute sense so that really helps to so if you can't draw Get really good with your research and look up a bunch. Like Pinterest has amazing. Like just if you just need something quick and fast, Pinterest does really well with a lot of historical pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but like libraries as well, scanning pictures. Like it would. It's such a great um, as resource. Mm-hmm. Is just pictures. Yeah, you'll never regret being overeducated. Never no. regret it. No. Who was the costume designer on Wicked? Susan Hilferty. Hilferty. And she I won the Tony that year for best costume design. Yeah, and she's <laughs> a, a professor at NYU. Mm-hmm. I might look up some of her renderings and put that on the Instagram because they're just they're gorgeous. I have a framed Glinda in my room. <gasps> yeah, the popular so, dress. Like, gave me shivers. <laughs> that's just so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I bet. Um, what is the question you get asked the most when people find out that you work at Wicked or you work on Broadway? 
Oh, man, that's hard. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think when people just find out in a social setting, not a lot of people know that my job is real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't know that it's real. And then another funny thing that people say a lot once they find out my job is real, but they're not theater people, so they don't get it. They're like, so what's next for you? What's next in your career? And I'm like, I peaked at the age of 24. (laughs) I, I... I literally I play for the Patriots. I work it like I mean in my opinion. I mean, yeah. The yeah. best long running show of all time. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh this is it. So yeah, yeah so I that's a funny that. question. But then on Instagram I just get asked every day, how do I become a Broadway dresser? What do I do? Da, da, da. And it's all these kids who are so hungry and curious, uh, but not educated on it, but also in high school and Sometimes they ask me in a way that I'm really like open and receptive to. I hope this isn't coming off in a rude way, but a lot of people just expect for the answer to be given to them. And they're like, okay, so tell me exactly what I can do to be you. And I'm like, I can't because if you want it badly enough, you are going to figure out how to get here. And that's, that's what it takes to like make it in New York. You have to have that fire on your own. And no one told me how to do this. There was no instruction manual. I didn't, I had no idea, but I made it happen because I knew what I wanted in the end. Absolutely. So. Right. And I think it's interesting because we're not applying, I don't even know what the equivalent is into like the nine to five world, but in a business communications, something, I don't know, working for Google, there's probably steps and applications and people and skills, internships, internships that you should have. And there are baby steps throughout this stepping ladder. But for us, it's very much like my path is so different from your path and Haley's path deviates so much from mine Yeah, that there is no right answer. Right. There's a couple of wrong answers, I think, because well, there yeah. have definitely been some paths that have been like total dead ends in this maze, but it is a maze and there's not one way to get to the finish. One line. of the worst right. things I've ever been told, and I don't want to like sh- like dump on this person for telling me that, but no, but I asked a person, I was like, how did she was an assistant um, scenic designer or like an associate scenic designer and mm-hmm. did like Woody, not yeah, Woody Allen movies and stuff. And I was like, how do, basically I was like, how did you do that? Like what you get asked. And what she said to me, she was like, she was like, oh, it was luck for me because, and I, which is fine because that is a real answer. It was luck for me. Yeah. I knew somebody who knew someone, but then she turned to me and went, you won't have that same way because really if you didn't go to these certain schools, people won't look at you. And it was that kind of like, wait, so I only, so I had to be in NYU, I had to be at Yale, and like already my dreams are shot. And I'll tell you right now, that's bull honky, because I'm from like a little town in Arkansas, and I'm here right now, and I'm Mm -hmm. doing pretty fine. But it was something kind of like, that was just such a weird, like, it doesn't sound like what you do to the kids that ask you questions. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. It is absolutely who you know. Like sometimes it's like who you know and they help you. Absolutely. But to be told, just so if anyone ever, to anyone listening ever tells you, they're like, oh, if you didn't go to this school. Granted, NYU does have like easy stepping stones. Definitely. But that doesn't mean that they're all going to be successful. It doesn't guarantee a job. I will say, I mean – if you go to the right school, especially if you're planning on being a performer, mm-hmm. that will make your journey easier. Right. It will. It will make you, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't audition. We don't put our skills out there. It is, I mean, I've said this a million times, you've got to be a people person and you've got to not be afraid to have people not like you. Yeah. some people you just won't jive with and therefore you won't get the job because right. it's about the hang as much as it, as it is about your skills. It's also about timing. Yeah. Timing is everything. Yeah. And it is so hard when somebody's like, how'd you do it? And you're like, I don't know. 
honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't go to a big school with an amazing theater department, uh, which was great because I got so much extra attention because my theater department didn't have a graduate program. So I was in there designing as a sophomore and a junior, like the mainstay shows, which was huge. But I knew that I could not let myself just get comfortable in this collegiate bubble. And I wanted my resume to be broader than just what I was doing at my university. So every summer I you know, busted my booty and got out there and uh, just created internships for myself. One summer I interned at the University of Florida in their theater department, which was amazing because they have a beautiful uh, costume design graduate program and I learned so much. And yeah, I would just volunteer to be the costume designer anywhere I could just to get those extra credits and get those pictures of designs that I'd done that weren't at my university. Uh, going to SETC, I think is huge. Yeah, I recommend right. everyone go to SETC. Even if like you aren't in the place where you're ready to start applying for jobs, still go uh, to just experience. Like You would be so surprised how many people will be like, oh, you're not ready for this, but you want opinions. Like You want critiques on yeah. your portfolio. Like, people will gladly do that for absolutely you. and s-e-s-e-c-t s-e-t-c the southeastern theater conference thank you we have talked about usitt on here before so same idea it's a conference for technical theater and if you're in college and your university doesn't necessarily go you can still talk to student life and a lot of times student life gives scholarships to educationally driven conferences so there's a way to have somebody help you pay for it to go to this conference on your own. You know, That's you cool. Gotta be- we would just pay and go on our own. I know. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, uh, it's not just technical theater. You can also audition for summer oh, stock jobs there. That's yeah. the difference between that and okay, USITT. Okay, yeah. USITT is specifically only technical theater. Oh, ours was and everything. And every, which yeah. is, I think, yeah, we always, I think we ended up always picking or we were just more affiliated with USITT. I don't know. How we ended up there, but some actors went to SEC. <laughs> yeah, SETC also had SETC. I don't know why that one's not familiar to me, but it's also I went to college in Colorado, so right. we were nowhere near the South. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it could have been that. Well, I'm trying to think because there are many more besides that. But did SETC also have like the competitions as well, or is that a different? I think That's so. No, no, no. Oh. There was they like... did have design competitions. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I did two of those. Oh, cool. Because yeah. I know, like, again, my affiliation is only with USITT. But it's just, that was the best place to go. And, like, we were required by our professors to have a physical portfolio and get portfolio review time because there would be professors and professionals from all over the country who'd come in and be like, your font is weird. This photo should be over there. I don't really care about that. This is beautiful. You know, this should be in the front of your portfolio. And just getting information like that, I was like, oh, this is how I present myself. Your resume is too crowded. This information is what I'm missing. This is what I want to see first. And you might get three different opinions that say three different things. And that was also cool of being like, I don't agree with that. And somebody else said that and they like that. So not everybody's going to like it. Also just tells you, it also just tells you, even in an acting standpoint, that everyone's going to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that like the thing that you hear the most is what you should do. And also follow your gut and just like, mm-hmm. you know... I think talking about those, take photos of everything you do starting out. Definitely. If you build build a shirt, you do a cool makeup technique, you are a lighting person and you get to throw a lighting plot in a black box or something, take photos of everything because you're going to want it for a portfolio when you're starting out and you don't have a lot of content. Mm -hmm. I I don't use my portfolio anymore, but if I wanted to be a designer, you know, it's good to have that in my back pocket. Definitely. Um, So we've talked about 
how happy you are at Wicked. Yeah. And I don't think you've peaked. I think you were at a high point in a mountain range with even higher mountains. Who oh, knows? of course, of course. <laughs> you know, no, no, you no, know no, like booking it. the gig on us. Yes, right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I'm not down. You were still at the top of a mountain. Yes. Mind you. Yeah, like, very still thankful. Big accomplishment. Do you have um, goals for your career or even just bucket list shows? Or they could be hypothetical bucket list shows. They could be something completely different. Um, but do you have any goals or thoughts for your future? I just really am excited to continue building the Backstage Blonde. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of different projects in the works and, uh, you know, some certain different things I'm developing. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. I love that. I saw your Christmas picture today before you got here, and I was like, look at her. <laughs> I know. We will definitely – I went, how can I do this? I was like, I want to go to that party. (laughs) Uh, The Backstage Blonde is a great resource for anybody who just wants basic questions answered. I love how friendly you make it. And it's a blog, and Teal writes all of it, and they're great. So we will definitely be linking that in our Instagram. So that is fun to find you. Thanks. Um, Okay, but I really do want to know, what's your hypothetical bucket list show? You could work on any show, whether it's been to Broadway or not, and it'll never come back. Who knows? Do you have a bucket list? I don't really have a bucket list. I think something that I really do continue to want in my career is to dress with my best friend, LJ, again. She's a dresser. Yeah, we just had the best. I learned her track getting too proud. She told me. Yeah. She's amazing. We had the best time dressing together at Aladdin. And uh, yeah, so that would be really fun just to work together again. I mean, and we both love Beauty and the Beast. That's Ooh. that's a show we would both love to work well, on. There's whisperings. It there's is coming back. Yes, we'll see. I don't what know happens. if it's more than a whisper, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Who knows? My dream is in the Heights. I want to work on it <gasps> in the Heights so bad. It's a good one. Ugh, love it. I don't know what mine is. So we'll <laughs> yeah, it's a hard question. I'll just it shout it in another episode. Oh be like, that's God. it, and everyone. You gotta <sighs> follow. Cool. Well, I think we hit all of our points. Yeah. Blaze through that. I love it. Amazing. Is there anything? Okay, so let's wrap up. How about you give us your Instagram handle? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Backstage Blonde. Great. And my website is thebackstageblonde.co. Awesome. Yeah, I have a really cute merch collection collaboration with Today Ticks. The link is oh, in my Instagram wow. bio. Yeah, there's a really cute sweatshirt that says Forget About the Boy oh, on it. it. Yeah, from I Millie. Love I love that. your strong female lead. Thank you. Yep, that's, that's the bestseller. And I'm coming out with new merch soon on my own website. I love that's it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So if y'all need some good, strong female theater stuff, Go check her out. Absolutely. So excited. I mean, yeah. I see Haley's face. Haley might go check him out. Oh, no, I'm, like, I'm absolutely. You guys are there. so cute. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. And I just, I want all your listeners to know that no matter how impossible or scary or daunting things may seem in your own life, just um, keep your head up and mm-hmm. keep moving forward. And even if you don't feel confident, it's okay to fake that confidence sometimes. Uh, I believe in you. Yeah. And you just just believe in yourself and just go after your dreams because life is amazing. And I think everyone should just live it to the fullest. And Absolutely. it does not matter what department you're in. Absolutely. Yeah. Forget about the boy. Forget about the boy. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This Absolutely. is wonderful. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. You guys, if you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and write and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram at workinginthewings. 
And if you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to cover, shoot us an email at workinginthewings at gmail.com. See you soon. It's a Dapper Devil production, see?